Namaste. Let's start with just a couple minutes of meditation. Remember, always, 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 that you can go beyond who and what you think you are. To merely create a concept, the whole concept of what and who you really are. is perhaps the most fundamental barrier to pure awareness. We don't need concepts. We don't need images, sounds, light. All of these things occur in the creative flow of pure awareness, pure celestial source, Lord of the soul, Lord of the cosmos, awareness. We really are nothing but the absolute. Better said, we are always in all states of awareness. In all states of awareness, we are always the absolute awareness. But throughout the day, because of previous attachments to the body and the mind, we often see ourselves as something, anything, a man, a woman, a profession, a mind-body image. A mind-body image that we need to transcend and we will transcend. In the same way that we float automatically, spontaneously into self-perspective. When we have dreamed every dream that can be dreamed, experienced every experience of mind-body awareness that we can experience, the vacuum of source awareness that was created when we left the source, the gravitational magnetism that grew and grew and grew over the billions of years of our mind-body awareness journey, that incredible magnet of pure source awareness will begin to pull us out of our illusions and automatically, spontaneously, effortlessly pull us back into itself, absorb us back into the absolute awareness from which we came.
Ignore concepts. Ignore self-awareness. Ignore everything that isn't simply pure awareness. Tenderly, gently, effortlessly melts. The melting process begins when we're only paying attention to the very source of our awareness, to the very, to the heart of every aspect of love that we've ever felt, to the very core of our sense of presence, our sense of existence. The mere paying attention to, the mere willingness to melt into the flow of this awareness, the spontaneous arising of this awareness, this unfettered awareness is evidence that we are being melted from within for the soul will spontaneously awaken within greater and greater stages or bubbles of absolute awareness as we simply allow ourselves to melt. We need not do anything with effort. We need not hold on to any sense of identity. the presence of who and what we really are, the absolute presence of who and what we really are is always at the very core of every experience we have ever had or ever will have in any form of conceived awareness. So let everything go. Feel the awareness that you are with your awareness. Ignore everything else that is not spontaneously arising awareness. Melt, melt, melt. Let yourself melt. Let everything that you are be the melting process. For this awareness, this absolute awareness is constantly flowing through the very expression of life that we've been evidencing and witnessing for billions of years. It has been nothing more than the expression of absolute awareness. Namaste. So today, 
I want to continue talking about some of the teachings of Maharaj Nisargadatta, Sri Nisargadatta Maharaj. And these are These are some of the things that he was teaching his disciples towards the very, very end of his life. I'm gonna to read to you from, I'm gonna start with June 14th, 1981, the session that he had in his, his ashram. One of the students says, continuous daily activity is making the mind dull. I want to know how to make the mind alert. Life is so much more than mind-body awareness. Whether we have a dull mind or a sharp mind, doesn't matter. Really, truly doesn't matter. Some of the most pivotal experiences or creations uh, that I encountered in my career as a technology didn't happen in the mind or even in mind-body awareness. The spreadsheet that I invented and the operating system that I invented in 1972 for the first microcomputer happened when I had let go of mind-body awareness and melted into the absolute, into a higher level of absolute awareness. And when I came out of that meditation, there are trays of punched cards and typed uh, books, hundreds of pages of typed pages describing the operating system and the machine programming language and the spreadsheet that were created automatically by the absolute and not by me sitting on my desk that I had locked from within eight by eight office. It would not have mattered if my mind were sharp or my mind were dull. So many disciples, so many stories in Buddhist doctrine and books and tales of the Western mystics Talk about janitors and plumbers, very simple people, and beg for a way to go beyond the absolute the meditation practice that they could do. And sometimes the, their teacher would give them a single word. Uh, could have been Coca-Cola <laughs> or sugar. 
and said, just meditate on this, repeat it all the time, repeat it all the time. And in the presence of a, a sage whose talks and very presence reminds their soul that they're more than just the mind-body awareness, these students would end up getting pulled out of their mind-body awareness and into a greater awareness. A journey that did not require a sharp mind, a journey that did not require an educated mind or a polished mind, a journey within that only required certitude of absolute consciousness. and the familiarity with a, with a great teacher whose words and satsangs redirected the attention of the soul to its source rather than to worldly concepts. So the questioner again asks, Sri Nizagadatta, he says, continuous daily activity is making the mind dull, and I want to know how to make the mind alert. Maharaji says, I do not speak about the body-mind and what goes on in the world. In other words, it doesn't matter whether your mind is sharp or your mind is dull, or it doesn't matter what experiences you have in the mind. He's hinting at the real truth. The only thing that matters is the type of experiences that you have beyond the mind-body awareness and eventually beyond the soul awareness as well. But this person is not at that level yet. So he says, I only talk about your true nature and your true nature is the absolute sense of presence that you have the absolute consciousness. He says, if you are not an absolute, con if you are not fully conscious, even in mentally conscious, if you are not aware of your awareness, even in the world, then there is no world for you. If you are not conscious, then there is no world. There is nothing there. The world exists for you only when you are in mind-body consciousness. So it is about this pure consciousness, this sense of presence that I talk. What he's really hinting at here is that we have a sense of awareness at all times unless we're sleeping. Awareness is awareness. But when it's mind-body awareness, then we're aware of the world. We're aware of a sense of time. When we go deeper when into the source of our awareness, closer to the point from which it flows, from which it spontaneously arises, we can only do that after we've 
allowed ourselves to let go of the concepts that we have, the of self, of I am self, I am the mind body awareness. As we learn to let go of this, we leave the fragmented awareness and enter a purer awareness with very little sense of I am aware. He says, my friend, but once your sense of presence comes in the mind, how you act and what you do in the world, I don't deal with. But this very basic, very pure sense of presence, clear consciousness, which gives you a sense of presence in all your experiences, even in the world, is, is that not prior to the very thoughts that you have? Isn't that, he said, isn't that not prior to everything else? But he's talking to someone who's in the mind. There are some teachers in this day and age that talk about staying in the gap before thoughts arise. This is the thing that Sri Nizagadatta is also talking about here. He's talking to someone that wants to go deeper within, but is still tied to concepts, still in the mind, hasn't made any transcendence probably, or very little transcendence beyond the mind. And Srinivasagadatta is trying to help that individual look inwards instead of outward. So he says to this disciple, Does not, is it, is it not true that pure awareness of awareness, in other words, a sense of presence, is it not true that these, that these pure sense of presence is there before even the thoughts arise, before the next train of thought spontaneously comes to you and arises through your mind-body awareness? And this is how it actually happens. One can experience this once one has gone beyond the crown chakra. In other words, you consciousness is, higher consciousness always subsumes lower states of consciousness. The lower states of consciousness still contain the absolute or source or consciousness. And once you've gone deep inside and you can, you have a capability to slow down the microsecond by microsecond series of thoughts and experiences that you have within the body and the mind within this human framework that we live within. You're able to do that. You have that capability. You learn to have that capability because you've already let go of mind-body awareness. 
because you've lived in and out of timeless states of consciousness so often that you can now totally resist the need to explore the entire train of thought. And instead you can watch these trains of thoughts on a microsecond by microsecond basis as they come to you. This is what's really truly happening and why it happens. In other words, if you're sitting in a clear awareness, an absolute awareness, who and what you were at any given point of time in your sojourn from the Genesis four billion years ago to today doesn't matter. You can revisit any of those sequences of experiences. We can re-experience what happened at the genesis of the soul. We can remember, we can re-experience ourselves as the creative consciousness that created the soul, we can re-experience the very first microsecond of existence. When self-presence, when the presence of consciousness was all we had. We can remember that. And, and, and in that instance, it's an instance, in the very first microsecond of the genesis of the soul, the only thing that is there is this pure awareness as your presence. But in that first second, we've lost the inclination to be self-absorbed in nothing but that. And the minute we lose that self-absorbed absolute awareness, we begin to see ourselves as a spark of awareness, pure awareness. And then we have a feeling that this awareness that we now have is not as blissful, not as absolute, not as magnificent, not as magical as this awareness that we used to have. It's a sensation. It's not a full comprehension. Because in the very second of this genesis of ourselves as the soul, we have lost that sense of source celestial absorption. We, we have lost this grand sense, this grand awareness of the entire cosmos. And we're in the process of re-remembering it. But the re-remembering process is gonna take billions of years. But we are aware of ourselves as consciousness. We are aware that our very existence is a state of awareness. 
It's just not the state of awareness that we used to have. But he's not mentioning the genesis of the soul here. He's saying to this disciple, think about this for a second, my friend. Before thoughts come, before the thoughts come in the world that you live in, in the mind-body awareness that you're talking to me in right now, Doesn't your sense of presence precede all thoughts? He's talking to this disciple at the level that the disciple is at. We've all gone a little bit further than this conversation, than the need for this conversation. But it's the sense of presence that he talks about uh, in the next few paragraphs that are really amazing, very enlightened. He says, once this sense of presence comes, how you act and what you do in the world, I'm not going to bother dealing with. You're coming to me for answers. You're asking me about what you ought to do when you're in the world. And I'm here, and I'm sorry. I can't, I'm not going to talk to you about that. I can't quite talk to you, you know, about the higher stages. But at this moment, what I can do is I can remind you that you should pay more attention to your sense of presence before the thoughts even arise. Now, some of the teachers that we've mentioned just briefly a little bit ago, they'll recommend that you stay there in that gap in between thoughts and await for the next thought. But you really have a concept, you see, of I am a mental mind, body, awareness, and I'm simply waiting for the next sequence of the dream to occur. The event horizon of life in the world. Let's think for a moment what happens when we wake up, start to wake up in the morning. The first thing that we realize is this same sense of awareness, presence. He calls it a sense of presence. It's a sense of awareness. It's an awareness of awareness. Oh, wow. The same, in, in, but in the same moment, you've, you can still remember the dreaming, dreaming process, but you have a awareness of awareness before thoughts, after the dreaming process of the nighttime has left you, you're in that magical moment where you're simply aware of awareness. And this is what he refers to as a sense of presence. You're aware of awareness. It's a very magical place to be. But then out of habit, what we do is we then seem to wait for thoughts to occur as they have for the past 4 billion years. They, if we wait, thoughts occur. 
because we still haven't gone beyond the need to wait for thoughts. It's that simple. It really is that simple. Okay. What happens if we've been meditating, we've had these bubbles of awareness, and some of you have gone beyond the crown chakra. Once you start going beyond the crown chakra, or even into later bubbles of awareness, you're aware that the absolute awareness, the celestial awareness, is devoid of mind-body perception. When you enter that first bubble of awareness, there is no mind-body sensations. Likewise, there's no sense of time or the world. There's no sense of thoughts. If you, thoughts will come sometimes into your awareness, and if you pay attention to them, you fall out of this pure awareness back into the fragmented awareness of self uh, based I am awareness of the mind-body. But if you ignore the thoughts and you let them come and go, you can stay in this pure awareness. Once you've made some progress, reaching these states of pure awareness, a magical thing, magical things start to happen in your life. You see more miracles, of course sometimes great miracles, sometimes small miracles, but you see a lot more miracles. You also learn to float in awareness, even while you're in the world. Then an, another very interesting thing happens as that happens. You then on occasion wake up within the awareness of the dreamer in the dream at night. That's when you start to do that. You start to do that after you start to make some progress inside. And it can start to happen on the first bubble of awareness, or the second bubble or the third bubble of pure states of awareness, pure states of clear awareness, absolute awareness, source awareness, whatever you want to call it, just labels. But once you start to do that, you then will wake up inside the awareness of the dreamer during the dreaming process at night. And you'll say, oh, I'm awake. But this dream character that looks like me, sounds like me, walks like me, is not really me. Yes, if it talks like a duck, quacks like a duck, it's probably a duck. But this is interesting. This thing that looks like me and talks like me doesn't seem to be me. Ah, it's a dream. And I am not of the dream. The dream might be from me, but I am not of the dream. That's not me. The dream isn't me, the dreaming process isn't me, and that character that looks and sounds and walks like me isn't me in the dream. And lo and behold, as we start to begin to have these experiences in the world as a meditator in the mystic path, we're starting to have these same types of experiences in the living world as well, in the, in the woke world as well. 
after learning to float in awareness, letting things come and go before we react, before too long we see that the dreams of existence in this physical world are dreams. They're but dreams. And the mind that talks like us, moves like us, quacks like us, is not the duck that we think we were. It's not the human that we think we, we used to think we were. It's not really truly us. We realize that our awareness it, when state, when it's free from mind-body awareness, is not, it's not Greg or Jim or Sally or Brenda. No, it's not us. It's not us. But let's continue. He's talking to a disciple who is struggling to have a more alert mind so that he can be aware of this awareness. And so he starts his explanation, his, his sermon with this individual, discussion with this individual, by saying this sense of pure awareness, this sense of presence, is it not prior to anything else? Even thinking about anything, anything at all, for which you have to use your mind, how can you think about something that's beyond the mind? When you're in the mind, how can you go beyond the mind? He says nothing, no thoughts, no concepts can arise by themselves. The mind creates them. The mind creates them. He says, but the sense of presence, a sense of pure awareness does not need any activity of the mind to enable you to be aware of your awareness. Let's repeat that. You don't need the mind to be aware of awareness, of this pure awareness, the sense of presence. You do not need the mind. In fact, if, you, if we use the mind to try to become aware of awareness, it'll never happen. If we use the mind in any way, shape, or form, if we follow any mental pattern, if we follow any emotional patterns, energy patterns, that's all they are, if we allow ourselves to follow those energy patterns, we end up identifying with those energy patterns, then we say to ourselves, I'm having this experience, I'm having that thought, and boom, we're lost in the dream as a dream character whether it's at the night when we're sleeping or whether it's in our daytime life when we think we're fully awake, but we really truly aren't. In the same way that we sometimes wake up in this, those first few seconds, when once we've made some progress in our meditation, when we wake up and we say to ourselves, oh, I'm awareness again. I'm a state of pure awareness again. The minute we say I, we start to drift into the I am body awareness, you see. But once we've made more and more progress within awareness of awareness, in other words, soul awareness, if you want to call it that, 
then we begin to fall in love with the levels of bliss, totality of consciousness, of pure awareness. We don't want to leave it. But so in the beginning, we go through this seesaw process of beginning to wake up after coming out of meditation or coming out of a sleep, and we're just about ready to enter the mind. And we're, but we're still attached to the pleasures of the mind, the pleasures of thinking, the, the, the safety that being in the mind seems to give us. And not yet as attached as we will eventually be to the experiences of pure states of absolute awareness. The more we experience absolute awareness, the more we want nothing else. The more we realize that everything else seems to spontaneously arise as some sort of a dream process the minute we think that we are an individual of any kind whatsoever. And this occurs not only as we wake up in the morning to our mental world, it happens not, not only as we wake up as a dream character in the night, but it also happens to the soul as the soul says, hey, I'm the soul, I'm not the mind-body awareness anymore. It's a very subtle sense of I am something. What is, the, what is absolute versus what is non-absolute? A sense of self is always a sense of not being the absolute. The minute we stop trying to be something, Minute we don't care whether we are something or not something. Then we start to get drawn into who and what we really are, which is this absolute awareness that is constantly creating, loving, nurturing, and sustaining ourselves, as well as the rest of the other souls in the world in every single second of our existence. We, if we have any sense at all that we exist as something, then we have forgotten that we are everything. In the very second that we think we're something, we have forgotten that we're everything. It's only when we let this sense of existence, we leave it alone. It's only when we don't care about sense of existence at all, you see, that we have any hope of staying permanently within an absolute awareness a total awareness, total pure awareness. 
And we learn that in stages as we begin to go within. And as we experience, as we experience one microsecond of absolute awareness, the intrinsic desire of the soul to return to its source grows and grows and grows. And the next time we have a single microsecond experience, the soul is not going to let go of it that easily. The soul is going to want to stay there a longer period of time. These things happen by themselves. The movement of absolute awareness to the world happens by itself. The outward movement of absolute awareness happens by itself. And the returning inward movement of absolute awareness happens by itself. We're simply here to enjoy the ride. When we, in the outward expression of absolute awareness, we begin to become attracted to and enticed to and astonished by the creative process. And we start paying attention to the things that happen during our journey. It's like the first time we take a train ride through the mountains of life. Oh, we're astonished. Oh, look at the elks, look at the birds, look at the mountains, look at the colors, look at the change in lights, look at the size of the hills. Look at the people in the, in the train car with me. Oh, I'm a traveler on a train. I'm a person. And this is a wonderful journey. But once we've taken this train ride and we've gone to the ends of the earth on this journey of life as a soul and then an insect or an animal and a bird and then a person, we become bored with trying to experience life through mind-body awareness. It's not enough, you see. Eventually, it's not enough. Eventually, we feel an emptiness within us. Why? Why? When a force of nature moves out from the center in its centrifugal spin, eventually it reaches the end of its inertia. And the centrifugal vacuum that was created when it moved outward begins to pull it back inward. This is true of the journey of the soul. It's true of the actual creation of the entire celestial cosmos as well. The expression of absolute awareness goes out, completes its journey, then moves back in naturally, by itself, spontaneously, doesn't need our help. <laughs> the return journey to absolute awareness doesn't need our help. We are all on 
that particular train that's returning to absolute awareness. We are all on that train ride, you see. We're all starting to have experiences of absolute awareness. Even if it's a microsecond long, even if it's just a certitude of a self of presence, that's not the mind. Having a sense of presence of awareness, awareness, even just being aware of awareness, even if it's not pure awareness, even if we haven't reached these bubbles of awareness, we have reached that turning point, you see, that inflection point in this cycle, this curve that goes outward and starts to move inward. We've reached that inflection point where our life force is beginning to go inwards instead of outwards. And it's going to happen by itself. Saints will sometimes say, especially in the Sufi tradition, they're quite fond of saying that we're just travelers. The real seeker is God or God consciousness. Whether we call it God consciousness or spiritual consciousness or source consciousness or integral consciousness, these terms don't matter. They're just nothing but labels. Nothing but labels. The experience of I am aware of awareness, or in this, this Agadatta's word, self-presence, presence, presence of consciousness, presence of consciousness. It's just an experience. An experience devoid, momentarily devoid of a sense of identity. But it isn't until we begin to feel the expression of divine awareness as our awareness that we really, really, really start to make incredible progress. And that happens inevitably just as you wake up in the morning after dreaming and then automatically enter a world of aware experiences that are richer, more profound, more magical, more astonishing than the experiences you had as a dreamer in the middle of the night. When we awaken from the dream of mental and emotional awareness, when we awaken from that into the more pure awareness of what we call the soul, it's again the same type of, oh my God, this world is fantastic experiences. But it's different than the mind-body awareness in that we forget about the mind-body awareness and we don't experience it while we're in that pure awareness. Now, let me ask you a question. When you wake up in the morning, you start going about your duties of the day and what's in front of you in the day, 
are you also immediately aware of the fact that you are this person that was dreaming in the middle of the night? Are you aware of those same nighttime dreams? No. When we awaken into mental awareness, we're no longer aware of the I am the dream awareness. <laughs> I am the dreamer awareness, dreamer of dreams awareness. Same thing happens as we go to the yet finer, yet more pure state of soul awareness, beyond mind-body awareness, totally beyond mind-body awareness, totally beyond the sense of time. And just as the experience of waking up in the morning is enlightening, the experience of waking up beyond mind-body awareness is also enlightening. We feel a sense of joy, a sense of bliss, a sense of peace beyond understanding. It's a sense of peace beyond understanding, but it's also an awareness. It's a sense of awareness, of a vibrance of awareness that we did not have before we woke up from a dream at night. We also wake up to an awareness that we didn't have when we were dreaming. The same thing happens as we're waking up into soul awareness in the morning. Now, the thing that is so precious about waking up into soul awareness is we're on the last leg of the journey home. <laughs> My friends, it's like Digging through, digging a tunnel through a mountain. We've been digging this tunnel to the mountain of human life for billions of years. And all of a sudden, our pickaxe creates a little crack in the wall in front of us, and we can see some light streaming through. We know that heaven is on the other side of that wall, the remaining wall, but we're still not through the remaining wall. But now we can see the light at the end of the tunnel. We know. We have this immediate deja vu experience that, oh my God, I'm almost home. Oh my goodness. Oh, 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 oh. This pure awareness is astonishing. It, but it's more than astonishing. I'm almost home. I'm almost back to who and what I really was. This sense of pure awareness, the sense of absolute pure awareness. And, and that's the journey that we're on. I could go further in terms of his discussions, but there's no need. We're all travelers on the same inward train. I've seen a few more of the stops than you have. That's all. All I can do is tell you what's in front of you by reminding you again and again and again about what city, what region of awareness we're going to come to next. The souls have fond memories that are not quite clear of what it's going to be like when it arrives into the next bubble of awareness and the one after that, the one after that. The soul starts, your soul starts to remember by itself, starts to be attracted to the divine awareness that it came from by itself. 
I don't sprinkle a magic dust and cause you to awaken. I simply say, hey, we're on a train together. We're on the same train together. And the next stop is a second bubble awareness. Or the third, the fourth, or fifth. We are both travelers, you see, on this inward journey. We're all travelers on this journey of awakening into absolute awareness. The source awareness from which we come, the celestial awareness from which we arise. And our progress is happening just as spontaneously going inward as the outward, as progress in the, into the outward world happens spontaneously. It also happens spontaneously. Thoughts came spontaneously. Uh, the event horizon arose and bothered us or pleasured us spontaneously. And our attachments became, happened spontaneously. Our detachments, our boredom happened spontaneously. Balance, harmony has happened spontaneously. <laughs> I think we get the picture here. We are always pure awareness. And anything else other than pure awareness happens spontaneously. But we turn back to pure awareness, that also happens spontaneously. Once we're in pure awareness, it never changes. The big picture is that simple. It's confusing in the beginning, see, because we haven't fully awoken yet. It, it, you know, it's, it, it's if you've ever had an operation, you know, you, they, they hit you with sodium pentothal or they use some other thing to put you to sleep and then you start to wake up slowly and you go, oh, where am I? I can't see, but I can hear. I can create thoughts, but I can't seem to create sounds. And you see, you're caught in this netherworld. It's kind of like that, but from a different standpoint, when we start to wake up in these first bubbles of awareness. I'm in a bubble of awareness. I'm aware that I'm aware. I can't yet express this awareness but I am that awareness. It is me. It's, I'm, I, just, I'm in a, I have this sense of being awareness. And it's, not, and it's so subtle. It's not even a sense of a sense at that point. It's just, you're, you are awareness and you have a totality of the awareness that you are in the first bubble. The totality of awareness simply increases in size and scope as we go deeper. We remain as absolute awareness with a greater scope and depth and vibrance and bliss infused into that awareness as we go deeper and deeper and deeper. 
as long as we don't hold on to, I have reached the eye center, or I have reached the cave of Brahma, or I have reached the region of grace, or I have reached the crown chakra. If we just let go of that nonsense, if we stop saying I've reached the first city on this train ride back home, I'm a citizen of that city. If we just forget about that, stay within the magic that's occurring, Stay within the beauty of awareness, the crystal, magic, the bliss of arising awareness, of moving awareness, of flowing awareness. Where is the absolute awareness when we're aware of awareness? When we're aware of awareness, absolute awareness is still just a tiny little bit out of reach until we don't care about anything other than the source of the awareness. When we only care about the source of our awareness, you see, then the thing that's happening is we're beginning to look directly into who and what we are at the same time that we are who and what we really are. In other words, a sense of self-perception, the very sense of self-perception disappears into those single, singular experiences that are timeless, thoughtless, desireless. And guess what? That will happen spontaneously by itself once we start to go inward. In the same way where you wake up at night in the morning, and you wake up in the morning after a nighttime of dreams or an hour of dreams or whatever, the awakening process happens spontaneously. Then the bliss for being awake as a new type of dreamer happens spontaneously. The increased awareness of awareness after, as you start waking up happens spontaneously. The feelings, feeling of exuberance and relief and peace beyond understanding while you're waking up from the dreaming process happens spontaneously. It's simply the nature of your own soul spontaneously emerging into a greater level of awareness. And that awakening process is the same type of awakening process that happens as we leave the mind-body awareness dream. And when we let go of that, we experiences, experience the same type of awakening process that we had when we woke up from the nighttime dream into the, uh, the, the woke dream of self-awareness. The characteristics of our experience are a little different. When we wake up into mind-body awareness in the morning, 
we go about doing the things we think we need to do as the individual that we've memorized in our memory. When we wake up into the soul experience of the soul, we've let go of those memories of having to do things as a human. And now we're beginning to automatically do the things that a soul does. We don't know that, hey, this is what a soul does. We don't say, I'm a soul, not in the beginning, at least. We just automatically do the things that a soul does. Is it any different than what the mind does? The mind, before any thoughts arise, simply waits for events to spontaneously arise. The problem is it then follows those events. In other words, it keeps going out words instead of inward. And in the beginning, when we're awakening in these bubbles of awareness, sometimes a light will appear and we'll say, oh, 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 I've been in Reiki, I've been in this yoga or that yoga, I need to follow the light and boom, we're we lose our awareness of awareness. Or if we're in a different path that listens to sound, sound meditations, then we, boom, we chase the sound and then we're out of pure awareness. Or if we miss thoughts, we miss emotions, we follow thoughts and emotions as they spontaneously begin to arise in our awareness. And then boom, we're out of the awareness of awareness. But once we really, really start to enjoy. Once the soul itself only feels comfortable, only feels like it's in a natural state. Once it begins to feel that this is who I am. I remember this. This is who I was. Oh, and it's so much better than what I was as a human. When it starts to intrinsically have those experiences and they're experiences that take no time to have. Once it begins to have those experiences, it spontaneously by itself starts to look inward and be pulled inward. In the same way that we'll get on a train and we'll let the train take us on our journey. The soul will let the absolute awareness, God consciousness, guru consciousness, whatever label we want to give it. It will automatically let that absolute awareness gently, lovingly pull it closer, deeper to absolute awareness of awareness. The absolute, absolute awareness is awareness of absolute awareness. Soul awareness is awareness of soul awareness. Mind awareness is a awareness of mind awareness. A dreaming awareness is a dream of dreaming awareness. At each stage of those different categories of awareness, the characteristics of awareness that we experience are different. But awareness itself, at the source of, underneath all the characteristics or attributes of awareness, that awareness is an absolute awareness that is always the same. And see, what happens as we awaken into soul awareness is we're letting go of these grosser forms. 
of awareness. We're letting go of these strong senses of awareness to, and giving into more subtle senses of awareness, which are more brilliant, more magical, more vibrant, more peaceful, more blissful. And every single time, once we start to make progress on the path, every single time we least expect it, when there's no expectations of any kind whatsoever, that absolute awareness oh, just wraps us in its own awareness and it pulls us deeper within. And oh my goodness, we have another deja vu experience. And in that second deja vu experience, that deeper deja vu experience, we experience new levels of bliss that are absolutely amazing. New levels of vibrant awareness that are absolutely amazing, astounding. And when we've, we've, the moment we've gone to that second bubble of awareness, we say, then we say, oh, now I'm beginning to understand what this journey is all about. True mystics, that's what they'll say. And that is what it's all about. The awakening process happens automatically and spontaneously, just as a dreaming process happens automatically and spontaneously. The awakening process happens automatically and, and by itself, spontaneously. We go beyond a sense of time in that first bubble of awareness. And magically as we go within, an even deeper thing happens. At some point, we see that everything that has ever occurred is still occurring now. We realize that every sense of awareness has never been anything other than the awareness that we are now. We realize that there is no other sense of awareness. We realize that awareness is celestial. And then not only is there no sense of time, but all the dreams, all the electromagnetic impulses and patterns, all the planets and dimensions and the entire creative process of the cosmos, there we are is always happening within this everlasting instance that we ourselves are. And we allow, when we have no desire of any kind whatsoever other than to be this everlasting instance, and even that's not a desire, it's just something that happens naturally by itself. When we're spontaneously at that point in the movement of awareness, that we are the absolute awareness. Everything happens in an everlasting instance. The creation, ongoing creation and dissolution of the celestial cosmos happens in an everlasting instance. Whether we're the resting consciousness before, during, and after the celestial cosmos, or we're 
the absolute awareness within the existence of the cosmos is immaterial. The only thing that we are is this absolute awareness. It's all, we're always at absolute awareness. Sometimes we're the absolute awareness only as a state of absolute awareness and at other, every now and then we're not, we're the cosmos or we're the creation process of the cosmos or we're a dream, we're the dreamer of a dream within the cosmos. But even as the dreamer within the dream, since we've already returned to source awareness, we are also the source awareness and the dreamer within the dream. We eventually reach these stages spontaneously. And how long will it take then, if we look at it from this perspective, how long will it really take us to go from whatever state we're in right now to the absolute consciousness? If it happens in an everlasting instance, it's happened already. And in truth, that's partially true. The everlasting absolute awareness that's at the core of our awareness is always in that state. But the dreamer that is created by this absolute awareness is in a dreaming state. It's either a dreaming state on the outward expansion of absolute awareness, or it's in the dreaming state. Uh, it's in the waking up from the dreaming state process during the inward journey. Once we begin to melt beyond the perception, self-perception of soul awareness, once there's no other state of consciousness than the absolute consciousness, then we'll see the big picture in an everlasting instant. Before then, we tend to hold on to dreams and the dreaming process. And to be able to hold on to the dreams and the dreaming process, we have to have a sense of self-existence uh, as a molecule, as a insect, as a human as a dreamer of some kind or another, even as a soul. Believe it or not, the awareness of a soul as a soul is a very subtle dream. That we are, and we're in the dream, and we're also in the process of waking up from that dream as well. So the question then arises, <clears throat> when we're waking up in the night, are we simply waking up in the night as a dreamer of dreams? Huh? Guess what? On another level, we're waking up as a human, dreaming the dreams of living a human life. But guess what? We're also waking up from the dream that we had in a previous lifetime, maybe thousands of years ago. We're waking up from that dream as well. We don't realize that we're waking up from multiple dreams at the same time. It just happens by itself. Once we get to the crown chakra, we go a little bit beyond the crown chakra, we're waking up or exploding in the new realms of consciousness that we used to have 
seeing ourselves as we used to be and waking up from those dreams of what we used to be, we're waking up from all of those things at the same time. This is a great trip. This, this is a marvelous trip. This is, this is the explosion of consciousness that happens at the crown chakra. It's amazing. It's absolutely incredible. But what's even more incredible is when that waking up process is done, we wake up as the singular, absolute, celestial consciousness. And then we grow into greater and greater levels of vibrance and bliss that are totally indescribable. Totally indescribable. So what are the takeaways from this rambling talk? <laughs> There's no reason to fear. There's no reason to desire. Life is beautiful. And life is a process of waking up. And we're in that process of waking up. Every one of us is in that waking up process. And the awakening is happening spontaneously, whether we realize it or not. If we say to ourselves, I've got to hurry it up. <laughs> We're looking outside and we're, we're hoping we can use our mental muscles to help wake ourselves up. Ah, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't matter. All we have to do is enjoy the ride. Just become a silent observer. Love the ride. Love the journey. Everything else, my dear friends, happens magically by itself, spontaneously. We have no worries. There's no hurry. There's no reason to hurry. <laughs> Part of our awareness is already there. The rest of us will wake up pretty soon. <laughs> Namaste. So, uh, We've been real busy lately with all sorts of Christmas issues and family issues and building website issues and things of that nature. But later today, I'll end up publishing about five or six of the podcasts that I haven't had time to publish in the last week or so. So I apologize. But I'll get, the, I'll get to those today for you. I love this journey that we're on together. And it gives me the greatest joy to be on this journey with each one of you. I can't, I can't express that joy. Thank you very much. Bye-bye for now.